0: And never record podcasts with students, because this has been uncontrolled. (laughs) This is (laughs) absolute carnage. (laughs) Welcome to Festival Sounds. This is our new podcast talking about festival experiences, and I'm delighted to have the OG members of the Ox family that I met in 2019. Tilly?
1: Yeah, I think it was 2019.
0: And Sarah? Sarah? (laughs) <laughs> and newer members of the Ox family very welcome guests, James hello. I'm a stranger and oh, Chris.
2: <laughs> hello
0: <laughs> and unsurprisingly given the chaos that I'm dealing with here these are student volunteers for Oxfam Just about
3: <laughs> Yeah, just about right? yeah. graduates.
0: <laughs> so the Oxfam uh, camping site is referred to as the Oxfield and I met Tilly and Sarah in the Oxfield in 2019 as you were trying to stuff a fully inflated double airbed into a three-man tent when someone was already in the tent (laughs) and it caught my attention. You
3: know what? We did it
1: beautifully, though. Yeah, I mean, you could ask anyone else and they wouldn't have done it the way we'd done it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody ever would. (laughs) For sure.
0: Um, For whoever was in the tent, I can't remember, all I saw was a... an impression of them pressed against the fabric
1: <laughs> and all we could hear so, is push hard and <laughs> we're just like I can't
0: <laughs> I, was, I was volunteering with my, my nephew at the time that was enough for the two of us to say let's go introduce ourselves and maybe offer them a drink and we've gotten to know each other since I thought it'd be great to hear about why students volunteer with Oxfam at music festivals what got you into volunteering?
1: Um, I don't mind going first um, go for it too. I originally got into it because my sister had done it before and um, so my sister is like two years older than me she told me that you could do it when you turn I think it's 18 when you turn 18 you can do yeah, it yeah it's 18 um, so before that obviously I'd been too young and then the minute I turned 18, she was like, oh, I've been volunteering at Oxfam for however many years. I think she'd done like three years before. And she was like, it's a great way, you know, to meet new people because she'd done a few on her own, like solo and made lots of close friends. So I thought it sounded really fun. And obviously the bonus is you get to go for a festival for free. So, you know, what's not to like about that?
0: And how does that work? Do they just give you your ticket or do you pay a deposit
1: so you put deposit down um when you sign up for however many festivals you want to do and then once you've done worked at the festivals you have to work three eight-hour shifts um depending what festival it is it's slightly different for each one but most festivals three eight-hour shifts um, and once you've done your three shifts about i think it's six weeks after the festivals ended something like that they give you a deposit money back. So basically, you've got to go to the festival for free. You've paid the price of the ticket,
3: but you get it back at the end of it.
0: Sounds like a good deal. Is that what persuaded other students, you think, to to start with the volunteering route?
3: It makes quite a big difference, doesn't it? Because you only pay the deposit for one. You paid one deposit for every festival you attend. Granted, it's like the most expensive deposit you pay, but it's every festival you go to is under the same price. And if you work all of them and do all your shifts, then you get to go for free. So it's it's a very big pull for me, at least. I don't know for anybody else, but it makes a difference.
0: And they don't take a admin fee or anything like that off you?
3: No, they offer you to donate some though, don't they? Because obviously we're working for a charity. So you have the opportunity to give back to what they gave you, really, don't they? Yeah, that makes sense. Way of making sure you're supporting who are supporting you.
2: <laughs>
0: What got you into it, Chris?
2: Well, for me, I was I was very much a drag along from James, obviously on here as well, was meant to be going to a festival, uh, Shambhala Festival. <laughs> and despite being the absolute perfect festival for him with, like, no milk, no eggs, fully vegan, yeah, I did get the opportunity to, to come to one because Tilly invited me along. And so for me, it wasn't really, like, I enjoyed festivals, but it wasn't something that I necessarily was like, oh, I love festivals so much, getting in for free is, like, what drew me in it was just my friends doing them and yeah being able to to come along for free really like incentivize being able to hang out with your mates more and kind of do an experience that you otherwise maybe wouldn't spend all that money on in a way that okay it's just it's just better it's just better in every way you get your own pump site you get your some better toilets it's kind of nice to have like some a bit more privileged access whilst also working for it at the same time so i think for me that was just like it was like no reason not to not do it, especially when your friends were already doing it.
0: And you get meal vouchers, don't you, for every shift. And at Shambhala you could use those meal vouchers at any of the food vendors. And those food vendors were amazing at Shambhala.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean the food vendors I mean, when you go to normal festivals the food's alright. I mean it can vary, I feel like depending on where you go, but yeah, especially which festival you go to, I think really has like a wide variety of food and Chambala with such a focus on like eco foods and like low waste uh, was really refreshing from like other festivals i had been to personally and for like to get that free just for work your shift was like really nice to be able to something you wouldn't otherwise try.
0: And James for you I met you for the first time in the Oxfield at Wilderness. Wilderness yeah. And that was the first post-Covid restrictions festival wasn't
4: it? Yeah so yeah. They still had a bunch of stuff you had to do, so you, we had to test, didn't we? We had to test like, before every shift, stuff like that, being in our stupid tents, and you just sort of shove things <laughs> up our noses.
0: I can't I can't actually remember why. Just to be clear, but, the shoving stuff up our noses was to do with the COVID. <laughs> the, co- the, co- the COVID yeah, COVID, COVID stuff. yeah.
4: <laughs> Nothing else was yeah. shoved
1: up anyone's noses. <laughs> Initially,
4: yeah, um, Tilly got me into the uh, the festival scene all the volunteering festivals scene. I can't exactly remember why. I think you just kept, you kept badgering me, badgering on about it. I can't, do you remember? I think it's
1: because I put it in a group chat. So we have like a big student group chat, everyone at my uni, um, who does gymnastics. So I put it in the group chat like, oh anyone on doing this i did it last year it was great fun and no one else replied other than oh, yeah, James.
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah, i yeah.
1: directly messaged him like oh so i heard you want to do Friends this like. <laughs> like, come on yeah let's i'll
4: drive i'll even drive you to there we'll drive straight onto the campsite <laughs> yep, yeah so yeah before that i only done i'd only done like reading that,
0: that year was it that year two years before i can't remember what year it was had you done that with a ticket or had you volunteered
4: no i was came as a punter and it was um an interesting experience to say the least um
0: but
3: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a different one, isn't yeah. it? Compared to wilderness, it's a different vibe <laughs>
0: compared to wilderness. Uh, well, um, the the drinks tents I think are a little different at Reading versus Wilderness. The, there's not champagne tents, just beer,
1: pims tents, the gin tents, the champagne tents.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> at one point, one of us was wearing a champagne bucket on their head.
3: <laughs> yep, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Memories. It's just memories. Oh,
0: so, so, that. what did you enjoy about volunteering, James? Because you did that first festival at Wilderness, and then yeah. you've been to Isle of Wight as well. You've been to Glastonbury. Yeah, Isle of Wight, Yeah, it's just it's
4: just a lot of fun, and it's I think it's more like when cause when you like at previous festivals, like the only other festival I did was Reading. I think like I didn't actually like the, the amount of downtime you had. Like you just it was boiling hot. You just sitting around, you know, day drinking stuff like that. I mean, yeah, it's all right, but like I feel like it's also quite fun to occupy yourself like and if you're helping out you might as well right and if it's free i think that's what drew drew uh drew me to it but so like you
0: don't mind the work
4: yeah it was funny I mean, the shifts are fun aren't they what what do you mean
0: especially
3: if you're with people you like spending time with
4: <laughs> yeah, if you well, luckily yeah so we got to put um you get to get paired up in with the people that you want to be with um or like it's likely that you will be so you know, if you're paired with your friends, you, you just have a you do your job, ha, have a laugh at the same time.
0: They're eight-hour shifts, aren't they? So you you put down the names of the people, say five or six people who you're volunteering with, and they put you on the same shift pattern. So you know, might not be in the same place, but they you're working at the same time. So when you've got off time and you're not working, you can hang out with your mates in the festival. Just going going on to the work though, what kind of stuff have you done? Tilly, what, what what's your fondest memory of a of a shift at at a, a non Glastonbury festival?
1: I can't lie. I think one of my favourite roles has been the roaming steward. That's just surely the best one. You get to go kind of anywhere you want, not anywhere you want. It's within an area, but roaming steward, you're you're walking around the festival, seeing everything for free, and that is your job for eight hours. It's absolutely great. I loved it. Um, but I've also done some other good stuff. Like I do enjoy the. Checking tickets, like it made you feel very important when yeah. you were yeah ticket inspector to comes to mind. Tickets and <laughs> checking wristbands, things like that. Um, I remember me and Sarah had to do <clears throat> wristband check in at. Um, Reading, but they called they they literally said to us, they were like, You need to tug on the wristband. So everyone who walked past me we were like, oh, excuse funny. me, I need to tug. <laughs> like, I need to give you a tug and then we'd be like,
3: they We'd be like, the wristband, the wristband, the wristband. They're all like, What do you want about I'm
0: like, okay, calm down. Well <laughs> there's a serious point there, which is you're you're representing the festival and you're representing Oxfam. So you want to have a laugh and a joke, and at the same time, you're like, Let's not get into trouble. Yeah. How do you manage that? How do you manage the banter with the, the ticket holders? and be professional that can't be easy Sarah how how do you do it
3: that's definitely a fine talent isn't it you don't always get it right but all you've got to do is just try your best to have a positive attitude with it because you've got to have a laugh all the time because it's a long shift and when you're getting hot and you stand in the sun and you're having a blast with your mates it is hard to do it but you've just got to go positive with it because even if you don't do everything 100% correctly all the time it's just you can have a laugh with the punters, it makes everything so much easier. And
0: there's something, isn't there, about the energy that the the ticket holders or the punters bring.
3: Because they all want to get in so quickly. And there's a queue, they're all like, oh, I want to get in. But you're like, I'm trying my best. Yeah, <laughs> but true. you can
0: feed off that energy, can't you? So if someone comes along and, yeah, and totally. if they're stressed and you can tell they're flustered, they're in a hurry, they might be late for something, then you just kind of move them on, don't you? But if... I've had people come up to me and and offer me pints on the way in or cans on the way in and say, "Come on, just share a drink with us," just because they were in a f- happy mood. Yeah, so it's easier, I think, with with. And always. you said no,
1: <laughs>
4: you said uh, no always. to the pints, didn't you bill. Ever a
0: professional, <laughs> ever <a> professional. <laughs> um, if it was, if it was a like a digestive biscuit that that's getting eaten, <laughs> yeah. I'll take yeah. off you
3: never say no to biscuits on no, a shift
0: No, and that's my reputation but, but yeah the energy with, that they have if you feed into that you can have a proper giggle with them have you ever had something odd happen whilst you've been on, on shift
2: I think you just see the, the fringe of festivals a lot more because I festivals you're often drawn to the big like stages or, or whatever and really when you're, you're a steward you get to kind of see the, the areas that maybe you wouldn't in spend so much time in and therefore like see a lot more interesting interactions. I mean, I remember I've only obviously done Shambhala, so I can't really draw on as many experiences, but I, I do remember even when you're just roaming at Shambhala and you're in the boiling, like 33 heat, you've got these people who are absolutely loving the day festival and they're there just searching for water, absolutely parched. 50-year-old man <laughs> he's come over to you and started speaking in riddles about his quest to go find some water. <laughs> and if you can really like what help the- him find, um, find the-, the source of the spring to help quench his thirst. And like, he does, it really, <laughs> je- it really chees you up and you really enter into that spirit. And I think like you said, you feed off of those people and you really start to, I mean, you started talking back to him in this like uh, old English tongue to help on his quest to find water and I think if you don't spend that in a all, you don't spend that time on that, that those kind of like edge areas like near a water fountain for example and you wouldn't you just wouldn't see that so i think you really get an insight into kind of things you would just miss out on which is just interacting with people
1: i think one of my favorite things that i saw is uh, i think we were on a night shift or it was like an evening shift and there was two ladies And they had a bungee cord attached to each wrist. Um, Oh,
2: that was fantastic! And one of them, we were walking past and we were like,
1: "Why have you got bungee cord attached to both of your wrists?" We actually stopped, and she was like, "It's because she always walks off." And the other lady was already walking off while she was (laughs) saying that. She was walking the complete (laughs) other direction. (laughs) Gets the end of the bungee cord and like pings back to her friend. It was that was good fun.
3: (laughs) It literally just proved their
0: point. (laughs) On people getting lost, Sarah and I were brought someone. Someone came up to us at Isle of Wight and said. Said uh, this lady's just gotten into our tent whilst we were there, thinking it was hers, and and she's really lost. She's really confused, and oh, we were at a watchtower, weren't we? So we um, we we offered to help. We explored every campsite with her, didn't we, Sarah? Trying to find her tent.
3: Oh, my Lord. She was the nicest woman ever. Granted, she was quite inebriated and confused, but she was so sweet and just wanting some support. And she had no idea where she was going. She told us about three different colours that her tank could have been, which she couldn't remember. And she was, I'm so sorry, I don't usually joke. She was the loveliest woman ever.
0: The first thing we did was, let's get you a break. And, and we have these little campsite yeah, we're like, huts. Cabbage
3: baby, yeah. <laughs> And we
0: got into one of these campsite huts that we have. And we're like, sit down, have a brew, get warm, and then we yeah. started our quest to use Chris's punter like, language.
3: <laughs> yes, we were quenching the thirst of being lost. <laughs> <awesome. laughs> but it took us about six different fields, and bear in mind these fields are not small. And we took it took about six fields, and being about. Oh, must has been a couple of kilometres away from the actual yeah. site of her tent. And then we found it eventually. I'm so surprised still that we found that tent because there was about 500 of those tents the same. And we eventually found yeah. the home. The mist
0: had rolled in. And it, I think this is a fairly typical story because yeah. it was the first night of the festival. We were on an overnight shift. And people go out there. When they pitch their tents and they've just arrived versus... When they go into the arena and return, the campsite looks totally different because they might pitch next to two or three tents. But when they come back, the field is Like a next to that red one. Yeah, <laughs> when the mist rolls in, it's dark. You've had a couple. I get that. I totally uh, empathise with with that that lady, and she was lovely. She was an absolute delight.
3: She was so lovely but navigating the festival is hard it's so tricky because every field looks the same like if you think okay I'm going down the main strip of the festival that will lead to the stage right it's the left there but then people think okay it's the second left but on the way in but then on the way out they think okay second left and then they're on the wrong side they're in the wrong field they're going the wrong direction and it's like no wonder why people get lost in it. Find it's so hard. That's why the maps of festivals are so important, and nobody has them really.
0: That, no, that's true. And uh, as a, when I go to festivals as a ticket holder, I, I don't take a map, I, I, and, yeah. and and I, I am that person wandering around asking for help. Have you seen <laughs> my tent? But <laughs> but with the work, some people prefer working in arenas. I think. You, you, you said that you enjoy that, and sometimes the campsites can be perceived as as a bit of a, a dull or a slower gig, especially overnight, because most people are watching um, Isla White, like James, are watching Tom Jones. <laughs> Was
3: he watching yeah, just Tom, Tom Jones? Jones. <laughs> <laughs> had a lovely time. At Tom Jones days. is watching me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no but, but the, you might, you, you but might want to be in the uh, <laughs> arena watching Tom Jones, or you can end up in the campsite. But when we when we got that lady to her tent, I felt really proud. I felt like it reflected well on, on Oxfam.
3: It was such an achievement. It
0: was, and she was so happy, and, and like I yeah. said, she was grateful. We shared a few shared a few laughs and jokes along the way, and it was satisfying. I think that was the first time that I felt that role and the importance of it. That just looking after the punters, uh, and, and I, I appreciated that. There, there was a there was a moment I remember looking at Tilly. I, when she was radioed up, Tilly had shouted me over, Just we, we, were, we were at Pulse just not too far from each other, and she shouted me over, she said, I think we need to check on, on that lady, she doesn't look well, and I went up, spoke to her, and I, I looked at Tilly and said, Tilly, you've got to get on that radio, and you'd never used the radio before, what did you say to me? I was like...
1: Can you do it, please? <laughs> <laughs>
0: but
1: you did it. I did it, and it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It was. I think it's because obviously you hear all these calls come in, and some of them are sounding really, really serious. Like obviously they're probably not that bad, but obviously you have to get it through like as quickly as possible. And I just, you know, and you just worry. You're like, oh, what if it's not? as bad as it seems and like what if i'm wasting everyone's time but no it was it was fine
0: and you 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 asked the medical staff to send someone over to check up on it again it got sorted and and you smashed it and now you're now you're on the radio all the time
1: cracking jokes Mm. on the radio all the time
0: (laughs) 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 so james i feel like we've got to come back to why you were at tom jones you're not a massive tom jones fan are you I, I, I like me some Tom Jones
4: I mean he doesn't like Tom Jones he's a good looking man I mean good looking man he's old he can sing he can sing well
1: he can move those hips
3: he
4: can yeah. move yeah, those exactly. hips
0: <laughs> yeah
3: sounded beautiful we were on the same shift
0: but then you swapped that shift so that you could see yeah. he, Noel Gallagher
4: uh, Liam yeah Sorry. so I went to see Liam Gallagher and then oh. everyone, we went to yeah. Yeah, yeah a bit of a fail
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> we went to see, um, Oasis, we want to see Tom Jones before <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah um
0: how did you, how did you swap that shift?
4: there's like a there was like a it's like a shift swap i think other festivals do it differently it depends it's festival is festival like i think at glastonbury you have to swap all your shifts if you want to swap a single shift like and that's kind of a bit of a pain that's why they make you that's why they force you to swap all of them but out uh isle of Wai, I think there was like a a board at the front uh, outside of the oxbox box like it literally is a whiteboard and it's people just it's like a free-for-all you just write down what you want what you have and then hopefully someone messages you
0: about it <laughs> and you managed to swap swap that shift, yeah and just yeah, that eventually so that you could see one of the Gallagher brothers <laughs> yeah and tom jones tom jones is great <laughs> and Everyone then you made me them. go
1: with a stranger um, on shift no it was fine <laughs> sorry, i
4: don't remember who a stranger was <laughs> but i remember yeah it was getting close and people were a lot of people wanted that shift, I think, for some reason. And there was like you just get a call randomly and then. But
0: well, then you you, just, you go yeah. you go to the admin team that are on site, yeah. don't you? Confirm that the shift swapped yeah. and then and then off you go. Yeah. And and I think I, I, it works. it sounds yeah. like it worked for you anyway. But I think the Isle of the White one, the Oxbox
4: was actually in the it was quite far out in the arena, I think, wasn't it? It was quite far away. Yeah. You had to walk arena, if you get yeah. to walk a long way if you wanted to get there. So it made a bit it was a bit inconvenient.
2: And I think
0: that's one of the compromises uh with with working with Oxfam, uh, or, or volunteering or working at a festival, is you don't camp in with all the customers. You tend to be somewhere on the fringes of the festival. There's pros to that, which is the tent campsite is a working campsite, so you get a good night's cape, no one's playing music at eight AM right by your tent. And you uh, can find your tent. You can find your tent, it's a smaller campsite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's normally
3: Yeah, very respectful neighbours. Yeah, and you can there's tea
0: and coffee, you uh, the, the it, there's something for charge that. Your phone. Charge your phone. Oh, that's such a deal breaker for me.
3: That, that makes such a difference because you can charge your bricks as well. Because yeah. really you've got to record all your memories on your phone anyway, don't you? So you need that. It makes it's such a it's such a young person problem as well. I think. It's such a If you lose anyone, uh, and how
1: are you going to text them if you don't? If you like if you need <laughs> to meet somewhere, you need your phone.
4: And I'm also surprised that you can just Safety. you can just go in the morning and just leave your phone there <laughs> and just. You're content with the fact that nobody's actually just going to touch your phone for like eight hours. You, can, you leave it there, in. and you come back, and it's still in the same place. Yeah.
0: It's
3: beautiful, isn't
0: it? <laughs> so, what what's the weirdest thing to have happened to you while you've been working on a show? Working.
3: Mm. There's so there is. many, it's
0: isn't there? A <laughs> 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 reaction.
3: Oh, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs>
4: was that was that a cluster? I can't remember. It was. It was.
3: I think it was at Glastonbury. It was am on a day shift on a gate. Yeah.
4: It? Oh, yeah. It was like it was after like a break. It was on a break. I went to get a coffee, and then there was there was like a, in the back of my mind there was something that was like I knew there was something wrong with the coffee because I I have a dairy allergy. Anyway, I drank it anyway. <laughs> drank it anyway, and then like <laughs> ten minutes later, the regret sat in, and I was just like out of it for like oh, no. <laughs> the next hour or two. And then like the supervisor's like already concerned because it was a busy day of the shift. It was like. This man this man could like drop dead any minute.
0: I I, so I I know the supervisor and he wasn't that concerned. It was me. Oh okay. Oh love it. Oh yeah yeah yeah, of course. I was was like, James, walk it off.
1: I'd say, well, it's not necessarily a weird thing that happened, but on the way to one of our shifts, it was torrential rain and we were trying to get up the muddiest hill I've ever tried to get up. And we were all like sliding down the hill and we had to radio a different, we had to get a different steward to radio in that we were going to be late to our shift because no one could make it up this slippy hill.
0: I, I should clarify that we looked after James. We. We radioed in. We had medical (laughs) waiting. They were ready to come and if he needed it. Um, so whilst, whilst we joke with him now about it, it was taken very seriously. We monitored him. He rested. (laughs) He did. So we, we, you sat out for an hour, didn't you? And we, we got you in the shade and, and just made sure you were okay.
1: Oh, I've actually uh, I've got who? one more for you, weirdest.
0: You. Oh, me, yeah. I This is the
1: nicest we've ever been. Yeah. to all oh, right. I've actually,
0: yeah, I was I was
4: treated like real.
1: I've got <laughs> for the one next more two hours. for weirdest thing to happen on shift. Having a rap battle with your shift supervisor. That was oh, that yes. was a good one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So we don't We're That's not going to talk yeah. about him We're not going to name him on here But I absolutely intend to get him on one of these podcasts And maybe we can get oh, him yeah. He needs to come on one
3: Because he's got the <clears> most <motor throat> experience so
0: I, I turned around at one point on That was at, at Wilderness And I, mm-hmm. I had a, a loudspeaker in my hand And I was shouting at people to have their COVID passes ready That was my job And I put I put my loudspeaker down And I looked back To the rest of you, and it was a quiet moment. And that you decided to fill the time by doing rap battles with each other. (laughs) And I I realized I thought I had the better gig, but I really didn't. I should have been up there. That's where the party was at.
1: Yeah, it it definitely was good. (laughs) God, this shows how good the shifts are. This was going on for like two hours. (laughs) I did have a few people give me their notes from like private doctors. They were like, I don't have a COVID pass, but this is my private doctor. I was like,
4: Okay, oh, good okay this doesn't count <laughs> what do you want me to do <laughs> I do think that was the best sh- those were the best shifts though like uh, like the, m- the more interesting ones the ones checking COVID passes and ticket inspections because it's more of like you treat as you've got to check everything and if you miss something out well it's like losing points <laughs> see you're competing with everyone else <laughs>
0: who's been your standout artist that you've seen at a at a festival you're working at with Oxfam
1: um i think well if i had to choose obviously there's been a lot of good ones but i think rudimental at wilderness were incredible i think i didn't really have money like i've i've had rudimental but i didn't really know what to expect going into it because i think they were on just after loyal Karner, who i do really like so i'd gone to watch loyal Karner. And then Rudimental came on afterwards. I remember just, there was fireworks, there was a big brass band on stage, there was all these lights, there was confetti, and it was just, I just remember it, it was incredible.
0: It was a proper headliners performance. Yeah, like they could. With, no one with, else
1: could have done it. it. It was incredible.
0: So many supporting <laughs> acts as well just showed up for, for a little cameo. Chris, what was your standout performer?
2: Uh, for me, I think, well, I've only done Shambhala, and it's not one way, yeah, I really heard of any of the acts before going, but... I think one of the standouts um, was something we only found while stewarding was hearing that there was this fifty-piece band that I can't remember where they come from. Was it Ireland or something? I can't remember where it was? They were amazing, seeing like fifty band members on stage, all playing like brass and stringed instruments, drums, and the whole tent was absolutely rocking for it, and no one knew who these people were. Though so, I
1: think they're called I think they're called the Folk Ensemble
2: the folk ensemble yeah oh they, yeah they were in chai Wallers, yeah yeah that were was brilliant, brilliant. And, and that was one i don't think we'd have gone to if we hadn't done oxfam because we yeah. saw
1: them we saw them walking past with all their instruments didn't we and we were like where are you playing and they were like we're playing at chai Wallers, and we were like we'll be there <laughs> yeah.
0: james for you who's your standout
4: when you go to wilderness you don't expect to go see like acts that you already know like chris said so it's more about just wandering around and then you finding a tent. So there was a tent that, it was like a jazz tent and it was this band. I can't, I can't even remember the name. Yeah, you just saw sort of wander around and everyone's having a good time. And then I just stood there, we just stood there for like two hours. We just listened. And it was like, it was, it was, it was like an alternative type of jazz or something I hadn't really heard of before,
0: but like, it just amazed me it wasn't the was it the hold down shakedown
4: oh that was good <laughs> hold on, smack down <laughs> smackdown No, was, it, it was, was that one i can't remember which i went was one guys
1: was. i have an idea and everyone was like no i don't think i want to do that and then next thing i know everyone's doing a little like <laughs> country western <laughs> dancing round
0: <laughs> yeah everyone you got everyone to do didn't you everyone's doing a little jig <laughs> we we would ask sarah but she's just dropped off probably Gone to walk the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so she said she really had to do. So this is the level she's of gone professionalism. Gone to a
3: ho- smackdown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, she's Pop back. Up. Sarah, who's been your standout gig?
3: We saw, we all went and saw Duran Duran, didn't we? They were oh, fantastic. That was we were fun, just isn't having it? such a yeah. nice yeah. night on that they one. Were, yeah. they I was just were. sitting at were. the back. They were so. Yeah. Bad. And vibrant. also, I can't even remember the name of it. Bill, you might be able to. But do you remember when we went and explored Block Nine at Glastonbury, and we found that Scar Band? That was. Not very well known, but we had such a good night with cocktails. That one. And it was such a party vibe, and it felt like a a festival and a carnival, and it was just such a, a weird festivalism that you would never have gone to or never had unless you just walked around and explored, and that was the most fun we had all festival, I
0: think. That guy was doing backflips on stage. Had a lot of fun. He
3: was so much fun, and it's always a good time when there's a saxophone, isn't there? Really, like so true. (laughs) But yeah, they were really good. There's just so many acts because every time you go, you find way more that you weren't expecting to have a good time at. I mean, we all, we all, me and Tilly went, and we really enjoyed Lorde. Karner, that was really good. We both cried at that. We did. That was good. Good
0: 2022 album is brilliant. Unreal. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him at, at Glastonbury
3: be really
0: good thank you tilly chris james and sarah for joining us on this episode of festival sounds pleasure
1: thank you very much for having us yeah,
0: and fun. we're gonna chat again about volunteering at glastonbury aren't we can't wait oh so excited if you like what you've heard please <laughs> hit the follow button on apple Podcasts or spotify <laughs>